It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, February 12th. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Greg Ehrenberg, and we are here to break it all down on a show sponsored by No House Advantage. Let's just start with the uh, most ridiculous part of today. Um, Yesterday's slate was an absolute dumpster fire for most. Greg, how did it go for you? Yeah, well, I didn't I didn't lose all of my entry fees, which is just what I assumed was going to happen at the onset of the slate because we had Tyler Hero. Both of us really like Tyler Hero a lot on FanDuel. He yeah. gets ruled out like two minutes after. It might not have even been two minutes after lock. It, it, it was like 7.30 and five seconds. It was it, like as soon as lock hit, it was like Tyler Hero isn't playing. Then we get later in the day and it's like, don't worry though. We've got some great value opening up. Like Frank Mason. Oh, what a great play he is. Everybody's out for Orlando. Frank Mason's the only point guard. He's going to have to like 40 minutes. Not so fast because Frank Mason gets hurt immediately. Not only does he get hurt, he picks up a steal on one of the first possessions of the game. As soon as he gets hurt and ruled out with a groin injury, the stat keeper goes back and goes, no, that's no longer Frank Mason's steal. So you don't even, you don't even get the two DK points, the three FanDuel points out, out of Frank Mason. He gets zero. So Last night's slate, I say this often, that I think that a slate was the worst slate of all time. But yesterday was, was definitely in contention just in terms of overall ridiculousness and just things that we couldn't have done anything about. It's legit close to one of the worst slates ever, just with the way that things were breaking. On a five-gamer, no less. So it's not like there were a ton of options. We also had the Mason Plumley news, so that got ridiculous. We started going to Pistons, guys. Just crazy. Just absolutely, truly crazy. Yeah, the actual worst slate, though, was uh, the Spurs were playing the Timberwolves in Mexico City. The fire. Like, like six years ago. Yeah, and like the stadium caught on fire, and the game yeah. just got canceled. It was when there was no late swap. It was like the last game of the night, and none of the sites refunded at the time either. So just like, hey, guess what? These, these things happen. Sometimes buildings catch on fire in Mexico City, and, and you just don't play basketball anymore. But, yeah, it got called off because there was like smoke in the air or something because of fire. So yeah, yeah. That, that was the worst slate of all time. Yeah, that one was uh, not ideal. Guys, as you get in the door, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. we got a ton to talk about. 11 games on this slate. Uh, it's going to be – we have a literal ton to go through for today. I don't think that I have all of my normal time for pleasantries. So do you want to just dive into this bad boy? Let's do it. All righty. Let me get my stuff pulled up here because I just realized I didn't – grab the list of games that's in the same order as uh, what I provided 
to Tyler. So here we go. First game up. And it's one we have to talk about pretty aggressively. Uh, the Detroit Pistons at the Boston Celtics. Celtics eight and a half point favorites. Uh, 219 total is what I had earlier. I would be surprised if that number grows and grows throughout the day because uh, it's likely that Blake Griffin does not play today back to back and he's really not capable of that. We lost Mason Plumley last night as a late, well, not a late scratch, but a post-lock scratch. Um, I assume he's not going to play today now. That seems like it would be really wild. But uh, how are you handling the Mason Plumley thoughts? And if you assume he's out as well, how much Isaiah Stewart is too much Isaiah Stewart? I don't think there is a number that would be too much. Um, so uh, yesterday what we saw without without Mason Plumley in is Isaiah Stewart and uh, Sekou Dumbaya split up the center minutes. Uh, Isaiah Stewart ended up playing 31 minutes. He's a guy who for the season is scoring um, a little less than a fantasy point per minute, but obviously his price didn't adjust because there was no way to know that the the news was going to happen yesterday. So as much as we give the sites a hard time for not pricing players appropriately, when there's an injury, there was nothing could have done about this one. The pricing was already up for this slate when Mason Plumley was just unexpectedly ruled out. So if Plumlee sits again, which it seems like there's a pretty decent chance, but with that said, it's an elbow injury. It's not like it's, it's not a muscle injury. It's not a leg injury or anything like that. So an elbow injury that makes it seem like there's maybe a little bit better of a chance than had this been, you know, a hamstring injury or something like that. Uh, so I'm not sure if Plumlee plays, I consider it to be 50, 50 until we get more information. Uh, Isaiah Stewart would definitely be one of the best plays on the slate. And then Jeremy Grant, as much as he was not good yesterday, uh, still somebody who I think we'd have to go back to with the Pistons being really shorthanded. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we just got ownership in case you wanted to look at it. So we have Isaiah Stewart projected for a ton of ownership on both sites, 45% and 61% on FanDuel and DK respectively. So that's what the assumption uh, uh, that Mason Plumley is just not going to play. So let's, let's go with that assumption. No Mason Plumley and no Blake Griffin. What else stands out to you from the Pistons? Um, I, it would mostly be just Jeremy Grant and Isaiah Stewart. The main reason yeah. being is it's, it's an 11 game slate. There's going to be a lot of options that at, at least in this part of the day, it looks like there's going to be a ton of value also. So I'm not going to be stretching too much to look at fringe plays. It would be, uh, it would be Jeremy Grant and Isaiah Stewart. Okay. We'll slide it over to the Boston side where not expecting to see Kemba Walker today on the back to back either, which is probably good for most people's sanity as of this point. Uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown picking up a little bit of ownership, but how do you feel about who I assume is going to be the replacement for Kemba Walker? Peyton Pritchard, 3,900 on FanDuel, 3,800 on DraftKings. Played some solid minutes yesterday, in fact. Uh, ended up getting 29 minutes of run. Is Pritchard a value option for you on Boston? And then uh, if yes or no, uh, follow that up with some Tatum and Brown thoughts. Yeah, he is. And this is why one of the key things that happened yesterday, it's not going to be a repeat today, but Jeff Teague was out of the rotation and it it looks like he's fallen out of favor in Boston uh, because he's fat. He's not good at basketball. Like there's a whole bunch of reasons why Jeff Teague is uh, falling out of favor there, but yeah, Peyton Pritchard is way ahead of him on the depth chart at this point. I mean, I know that you can only be so many spots ahead of him, except the minutes there's a much, there's a much bigger priority to get Peyton Pritchard minutes over Jeff Teague right now. So I think Pritchard's going to play a ton tonight. Uh, And this is obviously assuming Kemba Walker doesn't play because that seems very unlikely to me. We don't have that officially, but I think it's a fair assumption to make. So yeah, Peyton, Peyton Pritchard is a, is a very strong play. Uh, big fan there. Are you going to be getting to Tatum and Brown? Uh, in a, in a small way. Um, I don't think, and I'm still looking through what the ownership is because it literally just came out like two minutes ago while we were doing this. So I haven't really glanced at that yet, uh, but Tatum and Brown. Yeah. I have them both projected. Well, assuming no Kemba Walker, there's going to be extra usage for them. This is a kind of thin uh, Celtics team in terms of where to allocate usage towards. Like, I mean, it's it's Jalen Brown, it's Jason Tatum, and then there aren't really other high usage guys. Uh, Semi Ojale probably isn't a seventy five percent three point shooter going forward. So, uh, yeah, I think Tatum and Brown both, and also positive matchup against the Pistons. So, both would warrant consideration, even with all the options we have on the slate. Semi Ojale only a hundred dollars uh, above the minimum today. I think that's actually viable. It's disgusting, but it's viable. Uh, not in the context of this slate, just because, I mean, we're going to have so many value guys to roster. Isaiah Stewart's going to be a lot better. I know he's really popular. Peyton Pritchard's going to be better. There's going to be other guys. Eventually, we get to the Magic playing against the Kings. Uh, we don't know who's going to be in or out for the Magic, but I assume it's going to be a lot of guys. And so there's going to be a lot of value there. So by the time the end of the day goes, like, yeah, I get it. If you're just looking at this slate now, you'd be like, hey, Semi Ojale looks like somebody I would have in some lineups. Yeah. I have a feeling it's not going to be viable by the time we get to lock. 
That I agree with. Uh, favorite play in this game, FanDuel and DraftKings. Is there? Is this even a question? It's Isaiah Stewart. Okay. Uh, shout out to David Zalewski sent in a super chat. Said faded hero and had minimal Mason. Won $1,650. Thanks for the help. Yeah. <laughs> You're quite welcome. I'm glad that I was able to donate uh, a large portion of that money to you. Yeah, that's that's the we weren't able to help you with advice we were able to help you with our entry fees yeah i gave you a lot of my own money so you are welcome and to the person that was trying to play a bunch of uh andre gadala i don't have to give you anything because he stunk as you would expect that is true i forgot i forgot about that portion so there were so many other things that went on that i totally forgot about the the andre gadala aspect all right minnesota timberwolves at the charlotte hornets hornets four point favorites we'll start on the minnesota side where there is no d'angelo russell carl anthony towns now back with the team um no ownership to speak of coming into this minnesota team no one over five percent on FanDuel. jordan mclaughlin at 3300 picking up a little bit of love on DraftKings. that is not going to hold there's no chance that he's 18 percent owned uh today that's just not going to happen so there is no ownership coming into minnesota should there be i think carl anthony towns warrants ownership at 9300 on DraftKings. so okay. towns obviously was a really long layoff for him and he did say that he was struggling with some of the effects of covid when they when they played the other day his first game back he still played 31 minutes and he shot 8 of 15 from the field. It wasn't his best fantasy game, but I mean, 9,300 for Carl Anthony Towns, who doesn't appear to have any significant minutes restriction. If he's not going to be getting any ownership, and there's a difference between DraftKings and FanDuel, because I think he's pretty appropriately priced on FanDuel at 10,100. But 9,300 in a matchup against the Hornets, if Cat doesn't have any kind of restrictions again today, we could see him playing, you know, 33, 34 minutes, something like that, then I think he's going overlooked. I gave him 32 minutes. I think he can be a, an option at that point in time, but I really just don't uh, like a, a matchup against Charlotte is really not appealing. Like this is a, generally speaking going to be a, a pretty neutral pace spot. Um, I, I, the more likely scenario for me would be like having basically zero from Minnesota, maybe a little bit of Malik Beasley. That's it. Yeah. I mean, the total is still one of the highest totals on the slate though. It's two twenty-seven and a half. Um, I mean, there's there's only a handful of games that have a higher total than that. Just that price point on on Carl Anthony Towns, if he's going to get no ownership at lock at 9,300, uh, I understand there's risk there because he said himself he didn't feel 100% last game. But if I was to tell you this is something that we you know we do a decent amount, a month from now, Carl Anthony Towns is even more or less expensive than he is right now. The, the answer is going to be more expensive. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, the, my only concern is just that I think his minutes are different. Like, I think Kemba was basically playing you know his normal run or at least close to it whereas towns i think just could be limited and that's the problem for it but i agree i he's not 9300 for long no and i agree he could be limited but he played 31 minutes in his first game back he hadn't played in forever and who's taking you know who's taking covid and all the concerns with that more seriously than carl anthony towns so i mean it seemed to play 31 minutes in his last game unless we hear some other report i'm going to assume his playing time goes up from there on the charlotte side it is basically the same story. Gordon Hayward at 11% ownership, PJ Washington at 10. Nobody else picking up uh, anything in the double digits. So let's start here. One, do you think Devontae Graham plays? And two, if yes or no, what else do you like? So he's listed as questionable as of now. If he plays, I don't, I don't like anything here because I think him coming back into the mix is going to take away from Terry Rozier. It's going to take away from Lomelo Ball. And both of them have been priced up now during the time that Devontae Graham has been out. So if he's back, I think it's easy enough to avoid them. Uh, if he's out, it helps Rogier and Lamelo a little bit, but not enough to the point where I think they're going to be guys that I'm really getting to at a heavy amount. Uh, Lamelo has been great so far since moving into the starting lineup, but he's also been priced up at this point. I still don't know what the appropriate baseline is for him because obviously the report on him coming into the season was that, hey, the shooting's a little suspect. We knew the passing was going to be terrific. Uh, we, we knew the rebounds and some of the other counting stats were going to be good, but he's, he's shooting like 50% from three since moving into the starting lineup that's going to regress a little bit. So I'm still unsure what the, what the appropriate price tag is for LaMelo and just with him priced up and some of the, all the other options we have on the slate, I don't think he's going to be a priority for me. Yeah. I like him on FanDuel at 7,700, but that $8,600 price tag on DraftKings is pretty difficult to want to get to with any sort of volume. All things considered, I just don't really like this game all that much from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. There's definitely nobody who stands out as somebody who's like, Oh, this is a must play. Even when I'm talking about towns, it's like, I, I would like to get him in 5% of my DraftKings lineups. It's not a thing where it's like um, I'm dying to play any of these guys. 
Favorite play on FanDuel, favorite play on DraftKings from this game? Favorite play on FanDuel would be still a mellow ball, though, but that's not really saying much. On DraftKings, it's Carl Anthony Towns, which is also not saying much. Yeah, ball on FanDuel, Gordon Hayward on DraftKings for me. None of that feels good, though. No, huh. not, uh, not priority plays. Speaking of things that don't feel good, let's keep this one moving. <laughs> New York Knicks at the Washington Wizards. Knicks actually favorites in Washington uh, for the Knicks. Julius Randle on FanDuel picking up a lot of ownership, 23%. I completely agree with it. Uh, this pace-up spot for Washington is nice. No one else on the Knicks on FanDuel or on DraftKings is picking up any legitimate ownership. So this is just the Julius Randle show on FanDuel to me. How do you feel about the rest of the Knicks in a really nice spot against the Wiz? Yeah, so the issue is that they have Derrick Rose in the mix now, and that makes the minutes so difficult to figure out in the in the backcourt because think of everything we know about, about Tibbs, and it's that he likes to run his starters big minutes. That wasn't the case last game. Last game, Julius Randle played big minutes, and that was kind of it. Like I think the only two guys we could reliably say are going to play over 30 minutes going forward are Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. Other than that, I don't know what they're going to do with Derrick Rose. I don't know what they're going to do with Alec Burks, Alfred Payton, Emmanuel Quickly, Reggie Bullock. All these guys are going to get minutes, and I have a feeling there's going to be individual games where one of those guys plays like 40 minutes and has a really big game, and then the next day they're going to play like 18 minutes, and they'll be like, what the hell is Tibbs doing? And that's that's what I feel this rotation is going to be like. It's not predictable. So I agree Julius Randle is, is a strong play tonight. He's underpriced on FanDuel at 8600 He's, in general, been really good so far this season, and he wasn't good last game against Miami, but still you look at his handful of games before that, and he had six games in a row scoring over 40 fantasy points. So there's a good combination of ceiling and floor for Julius Randle, especially in this pace-up spot against the Wizards. The rest of the team, I, I don't have any confidence in, in projecting minutes with Derrick Rose in the mix. All right. I got to buckle up for this one because I'm really curious to get your thoughts. We've got Russell Westbrook at 8,700 on FanDuel and 9K on DraftKings with no Bradley Beal sitting out for rest today for the first time this Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Season. The floor is yours. He's 40% owned on Dra- FanDuel and 32% owned on DraftKings. How are you feeling about Russell Westbrook? I get why. It's totally reasonable. He's not been good this year, but he's still a pretty decent fantasy producer, all things considered. There's no Bradley Beal. I think I think they generally should get crushed in games without Bradley Beal, but they're playing the Knicks. So it's it's a game that I, I don't think there has too much blowout risk. The spread for this game is three points. So in any game where there's no Bradley Beal, I'd just say the Wizards are going to get run over, but the Knicks aren't really the team that's just going to crush other uh, other teams. So with a three-point spread, I think the the ownership for Westbrook is totally warranted. He's going to play, I assume, a couple extra minutes than normal, and he's going to have all of the usage in the world. So uh, chalk play, but a good one. You absolutely have to play him in cash games. I agree you have to play him in cash games. I don't think the ownership is warranted in GPPs. Like I don't want 40% of Russell Westbrook on an 11-game slate in a GPP today. I, I think that's that's actively incorrect. Um, I don't think that he is outperforming De'Aaron Fox and Damian Lillard and LaMelo Ball and DeJounte Murray. There's just all these names that are around him so frequently that he's going to be four five, six times more owned than them. I understand why it's happening. I get it. And for cash games, I think the floor is there. But in a GPP, if he is in 46% of lineups on an 11-game slate, I am absolutely positively going to have 25 to 30% of him instead of 45. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a, I mean, that's a fair take. Cause I would, I mean, that would still make him one of your higher own guards, just not, yeah. uh, just not quite there with the field, which I think is, 
I think is reasonable. It's always weird when we talk about ownership in certain contexts because because when you say like, oh, I don't I don't agree with the ownership, it could mean like a couple of things. It'd be like, well, I'm just not going to get this guy at all. But yeah, I mean, thirty percent of them. That's still I mean, it's still a fair amount, and that's. I think, and I, think I, didn't, I didn't even mention Luca and Trey Young as like payup yeah. options at point guard too. Uh, we still have Hamadou Diallo. Um, you know, Peyton Pritchard is a pay down option. There, are, there's a ton of potential point guard options for anybody to get to 45. percent I mean, the only reason that I think that that sort of ownership should exist on a slate like today is Isaiah Stewart situations. Or like, I, I can't get there for Russ. There's too many good studs on this slate that can make him like not necessary or you could just play bad like you know you could shoot like russell westbrook shoots yeah I, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the first time uh but no i i agree with you i think that's a reasonable take i understand why the ownership is what it is yep uh field is definitely going to gravitate towards him and at least now how it looks like also with value uh i i don't necessarily think that that a uh, couple thousand dollars price difference between him and, and luca is even going to be all that significant if we're going to have isaiah stewart as a good play and then whatever the hell happens with the orlando magic later in the day there's going to be a lot of value options and I think we're just going to have unlimited salary to pay up. Yeah. Like it's, if you can still, if you have no problem getting to Luca and Trey young and Zach Levine, LeBron and Kawhi and Giannis and AD and Tatum and Jokic and like all the studs are playing. There's 22 teams on the slate today. It's not that Russ isn't a good play. He's still, you know, a top two or three point guard on the day in raw points, but that is more of a fade to me at that ownership. Yeah, I uh, I am definitely more apt to be underweight to the field than overweight on Russell Westbrook yeah. and what his current ownership is. Do you like anything else from Washington? Oddly, no. Like, I mean, you would think that we would uh, just because there's no Bradley Beal and there's a big void to fill. But I think so much of the usage is going to go to Russell Westbrook. And then I don't know what else they fill the the, the playing time with. Like, mm-hmm. Ish Smith and Howell Neto, they're going to get playing time. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be significant. Denny's going to get minutes. I don't think that's going to be significant. Jerome Robinson's going to be in the mix. Troy Brown's going to be in the mix. I think we're more likely to see a bunch of guys play like 25 minutes or somewhere around there. than there's just going to be one guy who picks up like 35 minutes. I actually like Denny today at 28 minutes, um, 3,900 on both sites. Just a guy that I think maybe gets a little bit more involved with Bradley Beal off the floor and at a price tag under 4K, a, a value play that I'd be willing to take a shot on it. Mildly low ownership, only three and a half percent owned on FanDuel right now. So a guy that I take a flyer on, but in terms of like guys that I think are legitimately awesome plays in this game, it's Randall and Westbrook and that's it. Yeah. And for Denny, I would agree with you if he starts, if he comes off the bench, because he lost his starting job and he's came off, he came off the bench the last two games and he got extended minutes last game, except that was also aided because it was a blowout because the Wizards are terrible and that happens a lot. Uh, So which, by the way, also, maybe there's also something to be said that, hey, there's no Bradley Beal. If the game is a blowout, there's a little bit of security there for Denny because he's going to be on the court in the fourth quarter anyway. Uh, but yeah, if he starts, I like him, but I'm, I'm not positive that's going to be the case. All righty. Favorite play in this game, both sides? It's Westbrook. So it's Julius Randle for me on FanDuel. And if you want my truthful answer... I can't lie on the show. It's Denny on DraftKings. Okay. Do you assume Denny... he starts? So it's going to be Russ, Bertans, one of the centers. I don't really – it doesn't matter who. which one it is. camera just turned off. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't – now you're back. Like, so that just happened in Zoom. Mike, like nothing – dude, you are the jinx, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay so russ obviously starting i think bertans is starting whichever center starts it doesn't really matter for this yeah. particular equation i yeah i mean i think denny at the three and then i don't know what they do with the two yeah i i have no clue i i just i have just a bunch of guys who i gave like 25 minutes to I mean, I guess Rui's probably uh, – I didn't even mention Rui, so that's probably wrong. Yeah, you know what? Denny off the bench might be a thing here, but still playing like 28 minutes because I don't think they're going to be closing with like a Ish Smith or Howell Neto or anything like that. I mean, Ish Smith played four minutes last game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to make of this rotation. Okay. Get yourself some Denny. That's my the moral of my story, that's for sure. Jerome Robinson is, uh, is getting mentioned. Uh, Jerome Robinson played two and a half minutes – two days ago and 
was out of the rotation for the game, two previous games. So that's also why I'm off the role players on the Wizards. I have no, yeah. I have no feeling for what to expect from from playing time with those guys. San Antonio Spurs at the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Spur, uh, Hawks one and a half point favorites at home. Spurs look to have everybody back except for Lamarcus Aldridge out with uh, hip issues. So we've got Derek White back in the lineup. DeMar DeRozan is in double digits in ownership on FanDuel. No one else is north of 9% ownership. So what stands out to you, if anything, from San Antonio against Atlanta? I still like Keldon Johnson on FanDuel at 5,200. That's a, that's a FanDuel-specific play, though. There's, there's been this weird thing for a while now where Keldon Johnson's been like 5,200, 5,300 on FanDuel, and then he's been like 800 to $1,000 or so more expensive on DraftKings. So at that price point, I like Keldon Johnson. Nothing else really stands out, though. He still benefits from Marcus Aldridge. The backcourt now with Derek White back in the mix, that makes it harder to trust the production from DeMar DeRozan and DeJounte Murray, as is DeJounte Murray's been wildly inconsistent. Like, DeJounte Murray swings from game to game. It's like, ah, he he almost has a triple-double with steals. And then he's a chalk play, like 30%, 40% on the next slate and just does absolutely nothing. So it's, it's, it's hard to trust. His production's been all over the map, and there's other point guard plays I like for this slate. There's... A bunch of guys we've already mentioned, uh, Russell Westbrook, and then some of the other studs he mentioned earlier. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, he benefits with LaMarcus Aldridge being out in the biggest way, but still, he's been priced up now at this point. He's not somebody who's in the low 7K range anymore. So uh, it, it's mostly Keldon Johnson on FanDuel is my interest in the Spurs. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page there. I feel the same way. De- DeMar and Keldon Johnson are the two guys that stand out most to me. And then on DraftKings, uh, DeJounte at 6,800, but ultimately uh, nobody that I think is in the optimal lineup more than 10% of the time. Uh, as we move on to the Atlanta side, we kind of know where we're going here. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich still out. Uh, Rondo out. Uh, who am I missing? Um, Who's the you... other good guy that's out? Uh, Rondo's out, Chris Dunn's out, DeAndre Hunter's out. DeAndre Hunter, yeah, uh, there we go. So, um, by the way, we nailed uh, that Gallo minutes stuff when we were talking it through. He ended up playing 30 minutes in that game. Uh, wasn't great from a fantasy perspective, but turns out that they bumped his minutes limit up, and that was fine, and it's at 30 now, and I think he's somewhere in that 28 to 30-minute range once again. I'd be happy to get to Trey Young at minimal ownership, John Collins uh, under 10% ownership, uh, Kevin Herter and Danilo Gallinari are both at 16% ownership on FanDuel. I think both of those numbers are a little high. What do you like for Atlanta against San Antonio? Yeah, on on FanDuel, I'm definitely going to get some exposure to Danilo Gallinari. The price has gone up a little bit, but still 4100 It's If you look at his results from the last game, he played 30 minutes and the fantasy production obviously wasn't good for his price point. It wasn't killer. He scored, it was 19 fantasy points at 3,800. So not a great play, but it's not anything that murdered lineups either, but he shot two of 12 from the field. And if he just has an okay shooting night, he's one of the better value plays on that slate. So I don't have any regrets in hindsight, even if the play itself wasn't terrific, I still look at it's like, Hey, we got 30 minutes from a guy who was like $1,500 too cheap and just had a poor shooting night. So I think Danilo, I think Danilo Gallinari is somebody who makes sense to get some exposure to on FanDuel. Uh, to your point on the ownership, I'm probably not going to be quite there. Uh, I'll, I'll be a little bit under the field, but definitely going to be in my player pool. And the same goes with Trey Young. Those are overall my two favorite plays from the Hawks. Okay, so give me this then. Your favorite plays in this game, FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, so FanDuel, it's Keldon Johnson. Okay. And DraftKings... Uh, DeJounte Murray. So it's DeMar DeRozan and DeJounte Murray for me, which is gross. And I still don't think I'm going to get to to very much of it all, DeJounte Murray on DraftKings. I, I just I don't think that's a price range I'm going to be in all that much today. It's like the, the mid-6K range. If, if we're just going to have all these min-price value plays, then it's going to be a stars and scrubs slate. And I don't think I'll be I'll, – I'll make very many lineups that are, like, balanced. And if Russell Westbrook is 40% owned and Trey Young is 5% owned, you best believe that Trey Young is a better play in GPPs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In terms of relative odds to be in the optimal lineup, then then yes. Okay. All right, guys. Going to take a little pause here now to talk about the schedule for the rest of the day. 3.45 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, we're starting that early now. The tip-off show, Kayla, you, and uh, Ben Raza. Uh, breaking it down for about an hour, then turning it over to the deeper dive crew of Alex Awesome O'Baker 
and Adam ship my money share. And then at 6 p.m., live before lock, Chris Bags, T McBee, Terry McBride taking you all the way up until lock. So from 3.45 p.m. Eastern time until 7 o'clock, we are live. Three hours and 15 minutes of coverage. It's going to be a great one. Tune in to all of it. We're also doing a giveaway tonight. Uh, follow the pin tweet at awesomeo underscore com. Uh, you can win a free month of Awesomeo plus NBA. Just have to predict who has more points, LeBron James or John ja Morant tonight. Follow the instructions in that pinned tweet and you can get yourself a free month if you get if you win and get selected. And also free content today. I love giving out free stuff. NBA ownership rankings are free today. NHL top stack rankings free today. MMA projections for tomorrow's uh, UFC pay-per-view also free. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I don't know if I'm buying this pay-per-view tomorrow. Uh, no, I might do other things, but uh, not gonna not gonna mention. But yeah, I mean I, I don't think I'm gonna be buying it either. It's not a strong card. No, it's a it's a pretty terrible card. I'm mildly interested in the main event, but I'm pretty positive I know what the outcome is going to be. So, uh, yeah, I, I I wish they would have booked. Uh, I don't want to get too far off track, but they were going to book the Oliveira versus Michael Chandler fight, and then Oliveira didn't accept the fight at last last yeah. minute's notice. That would have made it uh, a lot a lot stronger of a card. But yeah, kind of kind of sucks for a pay per view. I also saw that he said that he didn't want to fight Nate Diaz, which is interesting, but I don't really blame him there either. It's a bad fight um, for him. But yeah, hey, a lot of NBA games to talk about at least. Then there's also gonna be there's also gonna be a fun MMA DFS slate because it doesn't it doesn't matter if the fights themselves aren't good, don't have a lot of star power. Generally it's fun for MMA DFS anyway, and that's why everyone should check out uh, Pete the Heat Rogers and uh, Jason Floyd. Absolutely. They'll be live for Live Before Lock tomorrow. And uh, keep your eyes peeled for weigh-ins. I assume that's happening right now, and who knows if any fights get changed it. So Cross your fingers. New Orleans Pelicans at the Dallas Mavericks. Mavs, two and a half point favorites, 233 total. No one on the Pelicans north of 7% ownership. That would be Zion on FanDuel. The highest odds that I have to be in the optimal from this game, whether it's FanDuel or DraftKings for the Pelicans, 7.4% on Zion. I hate the entire team and have no interest in anything here. Am I uh, on an island or do you like anything from the Pels? It's crazy. I was looking through Zion's box scores earlier. He scores like 40 fantasy points every single game. He is one of the most consistent fantasy performers in the entire league, which is a good and a bad thing. It's good because you kind of know what you're getting out of him, but I don't even know how he hits like 40 points every game. Two two games ago, he plays seven minutes in the first half. He gets an immediate foul trouble, finishes with 39 fantasy points. Like no matter how the game script goes, Zion just finishes 38 to 42, 43 fantasy points, somewhere in that range every single game. So he's consistent, but he hasn't shown the upside that I would have thought he had coming into the season. So that's something that really knocks his odds of making the optimal lineup, especially when you consider Porzingis, Julius Randle. There's a lot of guys who are priced around him that I think have higher upside. Uh, so I, I agree with you, Pelicans. Nobody stands out as a strong play. Uh, and then also there, there isn't any real pricing value here. There's still guys who are a little bit priced up from – Uh, what we saw earlier in the year when there was guys who were in and out of the lineup Um, like Zion and Ingram have just been living in that kind of like low to mid 8k range for a while when you know they opened the season in the 7k range and then they were a lot more palpable oh Pels I thought I was gonna like something here and uh, it just was not the case nothing to be found yeah there's just nothing to be found on the Dallas side it's kind of the same thing only they just happen to have uh, some legitimate fantasy studs so 11-2 11-2 on FanDuel, 10-9 on uh, DraftKings for Luka Doncic. He's in double digits in ownership, and I think that he should be. Not that I think he's some fantastic play, but he's Luka. He has the ability to drop a crazy amount of fantasy points in a game. And then Porzingis not picking up a ton of ownership. I think that works for an, an okay uh, flyer on FanDuel at 8,200. What are your thoughts on Luka, and do you see anything else from the Mavs? Yeah, Luke is a payup option. Not somebody who I'm going to have in a massive amount of my lineups, but somewhere in, you know, like the – 15 to percent range or something like that is where I imagine I'll be around with Luca. He'll be in there for me. Porzingis, uh, FanDuel specific play, not as much on DraftKings. His FanDuel upside is pretty substantial just because of the block numbers. It's weird how inconsistent they've been, though, because if you look at his last uh, like 10 games, he has three games with double digit blocks and then zero blocks in all the other games. So I don't know what to make of that other than that he's inconsistent. There's upside there. We saw him go for over 60 fantasy points a few games ago. So at 8,200, there's definitely potential for Porzingis to be a slate breaker, so he's somebody who's going to make it into my player pool. Uh, but the ancillary players from from Dallas, not guys I'm going to be getting to. Okay. Uh, favorite play in this game, both sides? Um, 
probably uh, Porzingis on FanDuel and Luca on DraftKings. Luca and Luca for me. Reasonable. At the midway point, and we are through five of the 11 games. Timing this out perfect. When you're good, you're good, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's incredible to be me sometimes. The Los Angeles Clippers taking on the Chicago Bulls in Chicago Bulls. Pretty heavy underdogs at home, still without Paul George on the Clippers side. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, double digits in ownership right at the teen mark, 12.9, 13.5, depending on the site. No one else north of four. So how do you feel about Kawhi? It's basically the same question, uh, but only it's Los Angeles instead of Dallas. How do you feel about Kawhi? Do you like any other Clippers? Uh, Kawhi, I think, is a little more viable on DraftKings than FanDuel. Uh, not somebody who I look at as a really strong play. Uh, there's, there's just so many pay-up options that there's other guys I'm going to want to get to before Kawhi. Uh, also, I think that we're going to have to be comparing him on FanDuel to LeBron James. And if there's no Anthony Davis again for the Lakers, then LeBron going up against the Grizzlies, I think I'd rather pay up for him than Kawhi. Uh, so okay. it, it's going to be it's going to be circumstantial there in terms of which small forward I'd prefer to pay up for. Right now it's Kawhi, but if Anthony Davis gets ruled out, then it'll be LeBron on FanDuel. All righty, uh, I kind of feel the same way about Kawhi. Nick Batum on DraftKings at fifty two hundred is one guy that I do have my eye on. He's five percent owned, and I think he should be like eight percent owned. That's the kind of value I'm squeezing out of the Clippers right now. Really ringing that rag dry. By the way, five hundred thirty people in here, only eighty likes. I have been slack. We've been going for a half hour. Go ahead and hit that like button. It helps us out tremendously. On the Chicago side, Patrick Williams, around 16% ownership on FanDuel. No one on DraftKings north of 4%. So do you see any value on the Bulls? And how do you feel about uh, what is like mild chalk on Patrick Williams? Yeah, so something else that I think we have to talk about here is that there was a chalk play on the Bulls the last few slates, and that was uh, Denzel Valentine. And I don't think that he's uh, going to be starting tonight. They started Garrett Temple over him in the second half of last game. I assume that's going to be the case going forward. Uh, Denzel Valentine's had a couple of good fantasy performances here and there, but on the whole, he's uh, not a very good, uh, not a very good real life player and a spotty DFS option. So Denzel Valentine, as long as he comes off the bench again, I think we could keep him out of the player pool. Patrick Williams at 4,400 on FanDuel. I think it's a good price point for him, particularly because I don't really like anybody else significantly that's priced around him so he kind of exists in a price tier by himself that's going to be something that that ends up with me getting to Patrick Williams exposure yeah I I see no way around him on FanDuel I think he's the best play in this game on either site either team um I like Zach Levine for 9600 at five percent ownership this is another guy that like it's obviously a different position but another guy that I think just has a comparable ceiling to have a monster day at minimal ownership that isn't 40% owned. It's just easy to find those kind of guys. After that, I'm, I'm pretty much okay. Some shares of Kobe white, but nothing too crazy. So uh, Levine, not, I don't have interest in him on DraftKings. Here's something that also makes him a little more interesting on Fandle. Look at the other guys priced around CJ McCollum is out. SGA is out. Paul George is out. Bradley Beal is out. So Zach Levine is 9,600. The next most expensive shooting guard is 8,300. So if you have lineups where you have valued other positions and you're paying up at at shooting guard, Levine's the only choice. There's not even some other contrarian option because they're all out. So that's something else that I think is going to end up with me getting to Levine is just because there's, there's like Patrick Williams, there's no other option in that price range. Yeah. Oh God. Is this game any good for fantasy? This might have the lowest amount of total ownership in, on like the entire slate. Um, let me look over maybe Lakers Grizzlies if Anthony Davis plays. Yeah, that's probably a safe bet. That one's going to be pretty rough. Uh, but yeah, that would that would be it. Okay. Favorite play: Fanduel and DraftKings. Uh, on DraftKings. Nobody really, but uh, I guess Kawhi Leonard, if, if forced to pick somebody, and then on FanDuel, Patrick Williams. Okay. All right, well, let's keep it moving then. Next up, Oklahoma City at Denver. We're doing it again, everybody. Buckle up. It's Oklahoma City time. No George Hill. No Shea Gilgis Alexander. No Teo Maladon. No, uh, there's a bunch of other dudes. They have nine guys, and maybe they'll have eight. Who the hell knows what Isaiah Roby's going to do today? So let's start on the OKC side where no one is owned more than 15% today. That would be Hamadou Diallo on FanDuel. But I'm going to say this right now. Al Horford is getting wildly disrespected, and I don't understand why. Uh, 
He's at 9.7% ownership on FanDuel and 4.8 on DraftKings. People need to wake up to what's going on in Oklahoma City. This isn't point Diallo. This is point shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center Al Horford. He's literally the best player on this team, and it's not even remotely close. He has a 30% usage rate when those three point guards are off the floor. He's He has the highest assist rate on the team in that case. Probably the highest rebound. I just don't know it off the top of my head. He's getting wildly underprojected across this entire industry, and I don't understand why. I love Al Horford. Play Diallo, play Baisley, play Dort, play Kenrich Williams. You got to play most of these guys because they don't have the bodies to fill out the entire roster. How many minutes did you give Al Horford? I gave him 30. 30. Okay. Yeah, just checking. Uh, I, I agree with you, though. I still like Al Horford. And by the way, if it, that, that's 30 minutes, there's a little bit of upside to it. The last two games, he's played 34 minutes. They were both overtime games, and I don't expect this to go to overtime again, except given that they have now seen him play over 30 minutes, I wouldn't be shocked if the game's relatively competitive and they're willing to give Al Horford uh, a few extra minutes first, what they've generally given him in the, in the 20s. Really the biggest concern I had with Al Horford's minutes is that everybody's out for the Thunder. They're playing a very tough Denver team in Denver. And I think if there's any game on the slate that, that I had to pinpoint as a potential blowout, this would be the one. It has a 12-point spread. Uh, the Thunder, they played really tough games against the Lakers, but the Lakers were also shorthand in those games. LeBron kind of coasted through them. Uh, but th- the double-digit spread, a dozen points, does indicate there's some blowout risk there. I agree. If we get a full allotment of Al Horford in a competitive game, then he is one of the more overlooked players on the slate. Because in 30 minutes, I would project for about 36 fantasy points on FanDuel. And that, that would make him a really good play for what his price point is because he's been priced up to 6700 on DraftKings, but they haven't moved his price at all on FanDuel. No. No, I'll say this right now, and no one's going to agree with me. I- ignoring ownership. I'd rather play Al Horford today than Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Yeah, it, not, if we're, not, if we're, not if we're ignoring ownership. Ignoring ownership, I think that Al Horford is a better play at his salary than Russell Westbrook is. Yeah, I, I, can, see why, I can see why you think people won't agree with you. I mean, like, I don't even think that I went crazy on his rates. Like, I don't think that he's going – I don't think he continues to be a 30% usage guy at that rate. But I gave it to 26. Like, I don't, I don't think that that is a stretch. I, who else is going to take the shots? It's got to be someone, and I, I can only take it back so far. I still think he's going to handle the ball a lot. He's always been a fantastic guy at facilitating the offense. I, I don't think it's crazy to think that – with these guys off, he's like a 1.3 fantasy point per minute guy at 6,200 or 6,700. I want yeah. all of the Al Horford today. Uh, I like Al Horford. I'm going to be overweight to the field. All of the Al Horford is probably a little steep for me. Uh, just in terms of his, his rate numbers, I think one of the reasons that are also so high is because he's only played limited minutes in spurts. So when he's had to play extended minutes the last couple of games, he had a 24 and a 23% usage rate. Still good numbers, except I think there. I, I think there's reason to think that the 26 to 27 percent. I forget exactly what number you said. There's reason to think that particular number doesn't happen. I gave him 26. It's been 30, <laughs> but that's also not over full games. Like because my point, my point was that so in general we've seen SGA in games, and when Al Horford's played minutes without him, he's had higher usage, but it's been in, you know, like three or four minute spurts because Al Horford generally isn't playing extended minutes for long periods of time over sure. the course of the season. So I think that's one of the other things that inflates his usage also is because he knows that he's only out there for a few minutes at a time. And now that he's playing extended minutes without those guys, that's one. That's the main reason I think that we wouldn't see quite the same rate numbers. Even if I bring that down to like 24, I think the assist number is real. Yeah, because I, I really don't think they have any ability to facilitate any offense outside of him. No, he has he has to play point guard minutes. I mean, they don't have they don't have a point guard. They they're running they're starting Hamadou Diallo at point guard, and he's definitely not a point guard. They're playing Lou Dort point guard minutes. They don't have, they don't have anybody to fil- to facilitate the offense without George Hill and SGA. I love him. The fact that he's five percent owned on DraftKings is criminal. criminal. It, should, it should yeah, it should it should definitely be higher. We're definitely in agreement there. Horford Diallo. Uh, Dort Roby on dra- on DraftKings. Like I like a lot of this team. They're not picking up as much ownership as I thought they would. But Horford and Diallo are the two prizes to me. Uh, Horford, the primary play for me. What do you like on Denver? Uh, ownership coming into Jokic and Porter right now. Uh, I think uh, so. Porter's reasonable. Uh, the the reason that Porter makes sense is because his price remains down, and now he's starting again, and the minutes are starting to tick back up. 
So last game we played 28 minutes, but that was also a game that, that they beat the Cavaliers by 38 points. So had the game not been decided by 38 points, we probably would have seen Michael Porter play extended minutes. In the last three games that he started, he's played 34 minutes, 27 and 28. The game that he played 28 was because of blowout. Uh, so I, I think there is upside for Porter to play his like 33, 34 minutes as a starter. There's been a little bit of variance to, to his playing time, but still he's a strong points per minute producer. If we go back to last year, it's been a little weird this season. He dealt with COVID, came back, came off the bench, played limited minutes. Uh, but Michael Porter, at least for his price point, because it hasn't gone all the way up to where it was earlier in the season, I, I think that he's a, I think he's a good option. He's my favorite play from Denver. Ooh, really? Okay. You know what? Who, I, I don't even think that's crazy. Um, Fifty five hundred on Fanduel, six K on DraftKings. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought there was somebody else you liked way more than him, but uh, no, I like I like Jokic, I like Murray, I like Porter, and they're all kind of close. Will Barton on DK as well. Yeah, uh, so I think Jokic is a good play. There's just other guys that I prefer to pay up for him in, on this slate. Favorite play, FanDuel and DraftKings in this game? Uh, it is uh, Al Horford from – oh, it's going to be Al Horford on both sides, actually. Yeah, it's it's Horford, and it is not even remotely close for me. Well, actually, it's Horford on FanDuel. Technically speaking, it is Hamadou Diallo by three hundredths of a percent on DraftKings. Okay. Oh boy. So I'm in the middle of checking out um, some clearance homage tees, but that's neither here nor there. What <laughs> is here right now is no house advantage. So uh, it's a little bit different than your standard uh, fantasy site because you're not worried about the fantasy output. You're picking props. So, you know, let's say that LeBron James has a scoring prop of 26 and a half points. I'm making that up off the top of my head. You can pick whether you think he's going to go over or under, and you, then you assign a confidence interval to it. So that could be worth eight points or seven or six. You descend down all the way to one, and your goal is to just get your props correct. Uh, you can join for free right now. Download the app, the No House Advantage app in the App Store. When you want to make a deposit, they will match your deposit with up to $20 in free play when you use the promo code AWESOMO. If you refer a friend, they, you can get an additional $5 on their first deposit. Uh, it's a very different mechanism. We have prop tools on the website. We have tools built specifically for No House Advantage to try to improve your experience there, really take you to the top of some of these contests. So come check it out. If you're a member, if you're not, sign up at awesomeo.com and then sign up at No House Advantage. Beat your friends, not the house. Win big with player props today at No House Advantage. And sign up at Awesomeo with the promo code Daytona, not Dayton which I do want to make sure that you guys know Daytona gets you 50% off your first week of awesome. plus NASCAR package. Everything we have to offer for this Sunday's Daytona 500 is included. So you can come in. It's $4 and 98 cents. That's like, you know, the cost of a beer. If you go out, you can sacrifice one beer to make your uh, NASCAR lineups a little bit better. Uh, and it, it would take five beers, probably, probably more than that. Probably at least a dozen beers to make the last NBA slate uh, enjoyable. Yeah, I would have needed quite a few. The Milwaukee Bucks at the Utah Jazz Bucks. One and a half point dogs in Utah. Yeah, 232 total. Um, Giannis and Chris Middleton in double digits on FanDuel and ownership. Middleton in double digits on DraftKings. I love Chris Middleton, by the way. This guy gets no respect whatsoever in this league for being incredible on both sides of the ball. With that said, uh, I think these guys are a little overowned, and I don't have much interest in Milwaukee. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the issue is just the matchup, right? Utah has been so good so far this season, especially on defense. And Giannis is about as close to a matchup-proof player that we have in the league, but there, there's still the the uh, issue of it is a pace-down spot for them, although this game does actually have a 235 and a half total. That's pretty significant. Uh, but still, I, I think that when you look at Giannis as a pay-up option, you have to look at it in the context of the other guys to pay up for. And I have Luca projected for quite a bit more fantasy points than Giannis. And then if we have Anthony Davis out, I'm going to have LeBron James project for more fantasy points and a much cheaper price on DraftKings. There's a $700 price difference between the two. If LeBron's playing with no AD, then he becomes a much higher priority play than Giannis. So when you consider the ownership on him, I'm, I'm going to be underweight to the field on, on Giannis pretty significantly. It, it, there's just other priority plays for me. I agree. Uh, we're on the same page there. It's not that I don't like him, and I understand that he can actually break a slate. He can have an, a day that most people can't. That's fine by me. I don't. I just don't think he is, should be owned as much as he is. 
On the Utah side, it's just kind of business as usual. Uh, Mike Conley has been out for a hot minute. Uh, they're going to take their time bringing him back. He's been out for the past two games, and uh, I don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon. So we know this rotation. Jazz are one of the easier teams to project on a day-to-day basis. Uh, this can't be right, right? Okay. What? I think our ownership projections are just fully borked right now. Donovan Mitchell at 19% on FanDuel. Joe Ingles at 21. Jordan Clarkson at 52. I feel like we're missing half of the slate for that to happen. So let's just pretend that Jordan Clarkson is getting some ownership, but 52% is impossible. Uh, how do you feel about the Utah Jazz in general? Because I, th- by the way, I think Jordan Clarkson's the best play on Utah, but he's not 52% owned on an 11 game slate. That's in- that's insane. He's going to be very 4,700 in FanDuel. He's going to be very very popular. Oh, without uh, question, no chance it's over 50. I wouldn't say no chance, but it's if if you ask me, is the number going to be above or below that? I I say that it's way more likely to be below it than above it. He's going to be he's definitely going to be an uber chalk play. I'm not exactly sure where it's going to wind up, but the other thing too is there aren't that many shooting card options on FanDuel. Uh, I think Terrence Ross is going to end up being pretty popular when the dust settles. Uh, but then look at the other options. Like I talked about the high-end guys. Bradley Beal's out. Paul George is out. SGA is out. CJ McCollum's out. There aren't very many guys to choose from on FanDuel. Even though it's an 11-game slate, at least relative to there being this many games, there aren't that many shooting guards to choose from. So I could see why the Clarkson ownership gets to be really high. Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, like, I expect him to be probably the highest owned shooting guard. I just don't think it's, it, it's remotely close to possible for him to get to 52%. I'd say, you know, 35 seems like it would be a, a pretty reasonable number by the time we get there. It's just because we know that other owner, like we know things are going to open up a little bit and move value around and he's going to become less essential than he is right now. Yeah, that's uh, it, it's, there's going to be more value plays that open by the time the slate comes around Uh if we talk about him, though, without the context of his ownership, it's easy to see why he's a good play. There's yep. no Jordan Clarkson there. His last couple of games haven't been – I mean, there's no uh, Mike Conley, so giving extra minutes to Jordan Clarkson. His last couple of games haven't been great from a fantasy perspective, but still, the usage rating is there. He just isn't making shots. He shot 4 of 15 from the field last game. He, got, he shot 7 of 19 from the field the game before. He scored 22 and 23 fantasy points in those games. If he makes just – a couple more shots or even just close to a regular amount of shots for him. And it's not even that he's an Uber efficient player. He just has average efficiency and he still does really well. If, if he does that because of the, the usage rating has been so high for him. Joe Ingles also would be uh, a strong play. He's been starting playing extended minutes in, in place of Mike Conley. Um, the guy who I don't think has been getting enough love for the jazz recently. And this is DraftKings specific is Rudy Gobert. He's yeah. only 7,500 on DraftKings. His price never goes up, and he's had some really strong games. The last couple, 43 fantasy points against the Celtics, 43 against the Pacers, 38 against the Hornets, and yet his price just kind of remains in this low to mid-7K range. So there's a huge, huge price difference between him on DraftKings and FanDuel, so uh, no consideration for him on FanDuel for me. But on DraftKings, I think that's a favorable price point for Rudy Gobert, and with all this chalk on the Jazz, he's, he's one guy that I think is getting overlooked. Oh man, I don't see myself getting to him at all. Um, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think I've been projected pretty well. Uh, it's just really hard to get to an individual center for me today, given where some of the val- like I can't take Rudy Gobert before I take Al Horford. Um, that one's just like impossible for me. Uh, we've got Vooch in another incredible spot. I do think he's getting underrepresented and makes for like a really interesting large field GPP play, though. Uh, but also, I'm saying DraftKings specific. So at least there, oh, where, we roster multi- where we roster multiple centers. Yeah, 7,500 there. Much different. My apologies. Yeah. Favorite play in this game, both sides, FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, so on FanDuel, it still has to be Jordan Clarkson. Just, I mean, yeah. the, the price tag is totally ridiculous. On on DraftKings, though, it, it is going to be Rudy Gobert for me. Uh, I'm with you on Jordan Clarkson. On FanDuel, on DraftKings, it's actually Donovan Mitchell for me. Yeah, I don't know if I'll get. I don't know if I'll get to Mitchell, but I mean him without Conley, there definitely boosts his rates. Yeah. Three to go here: Memphis at L.A. Lakers. That is Grizzlies are seven and a half point dogs in L.A. Memphis, a little bit of walking wounded. They have I don't know, like two thirds of their team out. It's it's truly crazy right now. It was just so many red outs when I was looking at it earlier today. So Jaron Jackson Jr. obviously out. No Brandon Clark, no Desmond Bain, no DeAnthony Melton, no Justice Winslow, uh, no three other guys that don't matter either. So they are very shorthanded. I believe they only have nine active bodies. We have Dylan Brooks at 15% ownership on FanDuel and no one else in double digits. Uh, I like slow-mo, I guess, a little bit more than his ownership. 
But surprisingly, even without them getting ownership and being shorthanded, I'm not all that interested in Memphis. They seem to be priced appropriately. Yeah, and it's also a tough matchup against the Lakers. The Lakers are one of the yeah. better defenses in the league. I do think if Anthony Davis is out, that's something that would make the matchup a little bit more favorable towards the Grizzlies, and that would make me more apt to maybe try to get to like Morant in a couple lineups. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't have these guys projected well per, per dollar. So I, I, I don't think anybody's going to really make for strong priority plays. Uh, maybe if I get to a bunch of LeBron James, I'll try to force myself to a couple of Grizzlies guys a little bit more, but not really, an, not really an appealing spot. Yeah. It's, it, I don't see anything. I, I really don't. And then on Lakers side, I don't see it either. I have AD in, I think I like him. I mean, I like AD more than LeBron just because of his price tag. Uh, he's not really getting ownership, but you know, 10% or something would be fine. I don't want any Lakers. I think the Lakers might be the worst team on the slate. Definitely. If Anthony Davis plays no interest there, but if Anthony Davis is out, I'm going to like LeBron a lot. And uh, I was, I was doing a little bit of reading into uh, uh medical Twitter yesterday. And, and apparently this, uh, this Anthony Davis Achilles injury is no joke. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently he has uh, an Achilles that's like deteriorating or something like that. Yeah, I I don't know. I, if, if if I was the Lakers and if I was a doctor, I would. Which I'm, I'm none of these things. I would I would keep Anthony Davis out for a little while. Like, what are the Lakers playing for in the regular season? Nothing. I, they should put him on ice for a bit. Tendinosis is no joke, everybody. I've given you that lesson already, so I don't have to do it again. <laughs> Favorite play on Fanduel and DraftKings because I don't have anything else to say here. Uh, I really have no clue because it depends if Anthony Davis plays or not. Um, nobody. I guess uh, if, if Anthony Davis is out, then it's LeBron. Well, my answer is Kyle Anderson on both sites. So if that doesn't explain to you how little I like this game, I don't think anything will two to go Cleveland at Portland, Portland, four and a half point favorites two twenty two total. Now this is a team I like way more than I probably should, but we need to start with Cleveland. And I need to ask you this question. What in the world are we doing with Andre Drummond today? Whoever knows, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. like, it, it seems like they're starting Andre Drummond and Jared Allen together going forward. We would think this means good minute, uh, you know, big minutes for both of them. However, it went so poorly last game. I mean, we talked about the, when I talked about Michael Porter's minutes, when we talked about Denver last game, and I said the only reason he didn't play over 30 minutes was because of a blowout. Yet Cleveland lost the game by 38 points. They got absolutely smashed by Denver. Now, obviously playing Denver is a, a really difficult matchup. And I think there's also something that said that a front court where you're starting Jared Allen and DeAndre Drummond together is destined to fail. It's a, terrible combination for for floor spacing but i wouldn't have favored in any situation where i thought that cleveland would have a good chance to beat denver i wouldn't expect them to lose by 38 but i don't know what they do with the starting lineup i don't know what to do with the minutes either because drone played 16 minutes that game and i would i'm not at all shocked if he, if if this slate ends and andre drummond plays 34 minutes and is one of the best center plays on the slate i'm not surprised if andre drummond plays 17 minutes on this slate and just stinks it up again I'm not surprised. I have no clue what to do with the minutes here. It's a total crapshoot. It's a yeah, guess. I'm, I, I'd like to be neutral here. I like Colin Sexton a little bit more than his current ownership. That'd be a direction I'm fine to go with. I think Jared Allen for 6K on FanDuel is also uh, mildly appealing at low ownership. But boy, oh boy, is this team difficult to parse out right now. With I don't know what they're going to do with Drummond. I gave him 30 minutes. He looks okay. Uh, I have no confidence in that whatsoever. Yeah, that's that's really one of the things that um, I think that people should know about projections in general. You're assigning one minutes, one minutes number to to each individual player, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of times we know generally what players are going to play. A lot of teams have consistent rotations. Andre Drummond has played in the last two games, 16 minutes and 36 minutes. I have no clue how many minutes he's going to play, and any any number you assign to him is a guess. And there's a very wide range of outcomes. So that's somebody who, when I'm building lineups, I'll just kind of say like, oh, what's the ownership on Andre Drummond? They'll be like, okay, he's 10%. I think he has a certain amount of upside. I'll be like, I'm just going to put him in 10% of lineups. I almost don't even bother with obsessing about the minutes because I know it's important, but at the same time too, there's no way to get it accurate. It's it's nothing but a guess. The Cavs don't know how many minutes he's going to play. Andre Drummond doesn't know how many minutes he's going to play. So it, it it is what it is. It's a very unpredictable situation crazy let's move over to portland where i think dame looks fantastic 9500 on Fanduel, 9800 on DraftKings. he's in double digits in ownership canter in double digits as well on Fanduel. not as huge of a fan of him there oddly enough i just prefer some other spots uh, are you getting to anything from portland outside of dame 
No, not really. Um, I think Canner warrants some ownership just because the the front court for the Cavs is so big. If they're going to start Andre Drummond and Jared Allen together, unless Canner gets into foul trouble, he's probably going to have to play pretty significant minutes in this game. So that's why I think it makes sense to at least have him in the player pool. Lillard is definitely the preferred option. He's the best play for me on both sites today. Uh, yeah, I love Lillard. Showed up in the contenders. I'm going to try to get those out immediately after this show. They should have been out before it. Uh, silly computer wasn't working correctly. Not great. Not great at all. Okay, so uh, by the way, I will happily get to a little bit of Gary Trent at low ownership once again, but um, I don't want to advocate for that too hard. Favorite play, FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, Dame. Not for me. So it's Colin Sexton on FanDuel. I just assumed it was going to be Dame. And we'll give it to Dame on DraftKings, but he's actually tied with Colin Sexton. So Tie goes to Dame. Tie goes to Dame. Final game of the day, one that uh, we can only talk about basically half of. <laughs> the Orlando Magic at the Sacramento Kings. The Kings are seven and a half point favorites. Who the heck knows if that's going to be the real uh, line by the time this is close to lock. We have no idea what to do with Orlando. I don't think that I'm even being funny saying that it's impossible to do anything here. We Evan know Fournier, Col- <laughs> yeah, Evan yeah. Fournier is questionable. Cole Anthony is questionable. Frank Mason's questionable. Michael Carter Williams is questionable. Al Farouk Aminu is questionable. Aaron Gordon Somebody's is out, play. obviously. Yeah. Markel Fultz is out. We lost Anthony and Fournier and MCW and Aminu after Locke yesterday. Frank Mason got hurt in the game. Every one of those guys being in or out makes like other guys that could potentially be in look better. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason here other than to say Nikola Vucevic is a good play no matter who is in. Unless he's out. He's the only guy who, who stays healthy on the Magic, apparently. it's everybody. We're two weeks away from this team playing five-on-one and Vucevic is on the court by himself. That's at least the way the Magic are trending. But yeah, in terms of other players, the only thing I know for sure, there's going to be value on Orlando. It's a great matchup against the Sacramento Kings. It's just impossible to know who those guys are because there's so many guys' statuses who are up in the air. It could be Terrence Ross. Uh, he ended up having to play point guard minutes yesterday. So I, I think I think that he's somebody who stands to uh, gain the most. If you wanted to roster somebody as a placeholder, he's the one that makes the most sense to me right now. Yeah, honestly, just watch the tip-off show, watch the deeper dive, watch Live Before Lock. We don't have anything that we could lead you to there are infinite scenarios of, oh, Cole Anthony doesn't play, but everybody else does. So here, it's just, it's not going to be a valuable exercise for anyone. Vooch is good no matter what. Try to figure it out moving forward. Sacramento, on the other hand, we could talk about because this is a pretty normal rotation. Buddy Heald projected for 11% ownership on FanDuel. Nobody else north of six. I actually like getting to Sacramento. I want De'Aaron Fox, who I think is under-owned on both sites. I still want more Buddy Heald than the public is at. Give me Harry Barnes. Give me Tyrese Halliburton in a little bit of lineups. I think that there is some value to be had at very, very minimal ownership for Sacramento, especially if this Orlando Magic team starts hemorrhaging more players. Uh, Sacramento should be in a really nice spot. Yeah, I have De'Aaron Fox project for almost 50 fantasy points today. I think that he is, uh, I think that he's a really strong play. Uh, De'Aaron Fox has been ridiculously good, and he's playing all the minutes right now. I don't have him projected that high, but I still think he's a really good play. So he might be your best play on the slate at that rate. So De'Aaron Fox, listen to his minutes. Uh, I, how many minutes did you give him? Because the last handful, like 39 minutes, 36, 38, 38, 40 minutes for De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I gave him 36. All right, I have him I'm for 38 minutes. Okay. That's, I like, a, that's I, pretty aggressive. If it helps, you could probably put him at 36 and still have the highest projection in the industry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think De'Aaron Fox been, has been really strong. Uh, and then also it's the matchup against Orlando. Everybody's, everybody's either out, hurt, questionable. It's a banged up team. So I think this is a really favorable matchup. So De'Aaron Fox, I'm going to be overweight to the field on him. I'm with you. Uh, Western Conference player of the week last week. Uh, not something I factored into my decision, but yeah, I well, like De'Aaron Fox. He was on Zach Lowe's <laughs> podcast. It's the only reason that I know that. Um, yeah, I, I like getting to Sacramento. And if Orlando really does hemorrhage a bunch of these guys, Sacramento's going to look even better because uh, they're going to be playing against James Ennis, Dwayne Bacon, Chumo Kiki, Nikola Vucevic, and Gary Clark. And that should go well for Sacramento. Yeah, totally. And De'Aaron Fox has also been really good lately. Uh, last handful of games, 60, 54, 35, 40 on it, 63 fantasy points for De'Aaron Fox. So 
I would ask you who your favorite play is on FanDuel and DraftKings, but if it's someone other than De'Aaron Fox, I'm not going to understand it. Could Vooch be better? No, it's De'Aaron Fox. The way it's somebody else is if the is if the Magic have eight active players, and yeah. then we have like three guys starting at mid price or something crazy like that. It's there. There are other scenarios where there's just crazy value plays on Orlando. Eleven games up, eleven games down. Let's sum it up quickly. Favorite plays on FanDuel and DK. Give me your top three on both sites if you have them ready. Um, I do not, especially because we didn't have ownership until after we started. That's fair. Here's what I'll do. I'll give those picks. So my favorite plays on FanDuel. See, this isn't, oh, I'm sort of the point guard. I was like, where did everybody else's name go? I can figure it out. So I'm so bad at this. Isaiah Stewart, Colin Sexton, Damian Lillard. And then on the DK side, Isaiah Stewart, Peyton Pritchard, Nikola Vucevic. So I'll say this. These are the guys who just independent of ownership. These are the guys who I think would make for the best cash game plays. Uh, Russell Westbrook on both sites. On FanDuel, Jordan Clarkson. Uh, also on FanDuel, Julius Randle. Uh, on DraftKings and FanDuel, also Isaiah Stewart is a really strong play. And um, did I say Vucevic? Vucevic is a really good play on both sites also. Any further thoughts for you? Anything else you want to plug right now? Uh, no, I'll be doing the tip-off show later in the day. Uh, beyond that, check out the the multitude of content that Josh is putting up on the YouTube channel. And I know he probably wants to go to get that up as soon as possible. Uh, yeah, I just want to put a pin in that one for the day at this point. Guys, good luck today. Have a good night. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, Contenders in the Process show will both be back uh, Monday morning, so stay tuned for that. And just uh, have some fun. Enjoy yourselves. Valentine's Day. Go find yourself a gal or a guy, either direction. I don't mind. And uh, enjoy your Sunday. Um, We're out of here. That's it. I don't have anything else to say. I've talked too much today. It's over. Goodbye.